With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to an All Games Radio Network broadcast of AllGames.com. Welcome to the show. Hi, this is Normie from Knuckleballer Radio and ZombieCast, and you're listening to one of my favorite shows on the Geeky Antics Network. Don't forget to check out the rest of the gang over at geekyantics.net. Warning, there might be rants and food ahead and possibly inappropriate behavior. Don't tell anybody, though. You're about to listen to the Timey Wimey Tea Time Podcast, a geekyantics.net and allgames.com production. Find out what everyone's talking about. The Doctor, of course. Doctor Who? Exactly, that Doctor. <laughs> Join us live at www.twitch.tv forward slash geekyantics. That's G-E-E-K-Y-A-N-T-I-C-S. Hang out with us, ask questions, laugh and have at it. We can't wait to hear what's on your minds and hearts. Tiny, whiny, tea time. Welcome to Timey Wimey Tea Time, where friends gather to talk about all things Doctor Who, sci-fi, fantasy, zombies, creativity, and geekdom as a whole. As always, we have a brilliant show ahead, and uh, I'm really excited to talk about a major event this week for uh, for geeks, definitely gamers. Before we get into that, before we get into that, introductions. I'm Yomar Lopez, known throughout the interwebs, and sometimes the Hooverse as Yogizilla. Friends IRL call me Yogi. I'm a... I'm a gamer, I'm a dreamer, an author of silliness, a disgruntled techie, wild-eyed entrepreneur, and a fistful of happy mojica and sunshine, and I ride into the battle upon a glittering My Little Pony. Out of my mouth come laughing swords of peppermint and ginger. But I'm only half of the TWTT experience. The other half, of course, is none other than Oolong! Which, by the way, I don't think Oolong's working anymore. We need to. We should really be on a first-name basis. <laughs> We're friends, aren't we? Yeah, but even, like, most of my friends know me as Oolong. Yeah? 
Like, no joke, even even in real life, I, I walk around and use the name Oolong, so it kind of is my first name. Yeah, I know your real name, I, didn't, I, 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 I never knew if it maybe was something like, don't call me my, by my government name online, but it's funny, every time I introduce <laughs> you to, like, our Xbox Live gaming uh, groups, which now our community there is huge, it's a little overwhelming at times, <laughs> but every time I say Oolong, they're like, like, the T? <laughs> like, <laughs> Pretty much. Like, like, is that really his name? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how you, how you doing, bro? I mean, it's kind of silly to ask because we were jamming last night on games. We had some good moments. Man, you were doing really good on seas, man. I'm proud. Oh man, I had I had some moments of brilliance and then some moments of getting exploded. <laughs> so. Well, I can honestly say, and that happens to everyone. I mean, you have bad rounds and good and really good rounds, and it's very like there's not much of a gradient. It's either you're really hot or you're not, right? But I can honestly say you were not part of our losing matches. Like that was other folks that I don't know what they were doing. Like the infamous. <laughs> did you notice the one round where we literally? Had the enemy surrounded, and we took almost a whole minute to pr- like to push forward. Like we just looked at the objective. Yeah. Like, that's a cool room. And I'm like, huh. guys, really? Guys, guys, come here, come here. Did you find the objective? No, look at this poster. It's got kittens. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's a, but there's a bomb going to go off in about thirty seconds. Yeah, but kittens, dude. Yeah, man. Can't you can't just glass so glass that over. You have to bask in it. This is motivational. It says hang in there and he's hanging on a branch. Let's it? pause. Yeah, we're like, let's pause to reflect on that. <laughs> oh man, that was silly. I I was face palm me so hard. Oh. Alright guys, we're ready. You have ten seconds. Uh run. <laughs> And, and, and I don't know, did I not say it enough? I was like, okay, we need someone to breach that thing right there. I kept marking it, and no one breached. Like, I didn't have a breach. You didn't have a breach in charge. Uh, who else? Soul didn't. But, but there were two people that did, and they're just like, cool, cool. All right, well, let's breach it. <laughs> All right, so who's breaching it? Um, the guy that has the breach, Thermite, hello. <laughs> From this point on, it that motivated me that the next person I plan on picking up is Sledge. Yeah, you know... Uh, they, they they have such a great cast of characters, right? But mm-hmm. on on attack, it's almost like you have to go with breaching charges, and you have to go with people that could break reinforced wall, like Habana and Thermite, or someone that could remotely, you know, attack those those uh reinforcements like uh, Ash. Because if you don't, it's like you know, it's one of those things. Like uh, if you want the job done right, do it yourself. And I'm like, I hate to say that. I was like, ah. I hate yeah. when I have a thermite that dies right away or just does his own thing. Like, come on, roll with the group. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, folks, we will talk more about video games. But I want to say to our lovely friends, Mew and Ode, thanks for joining us for Tea Time today. Today's date is December 3rd, and this is episode 63. I was going to say 83. I don't know why. I'm jumping ahead of Time and Tea Time. And we hope everyone had a safe and delectable Thanksgiving slash Black Friday uh, slash Cyber Monday. Uh, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you survived. <laughs> That's kind of the logical progression of events. That would be the hopeful thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nice now. Um, a lot of people don't realize if you really insist on doing the retail thing, a lot of times the deals that are available on Black Friday are still available on Saturday. And Saturday, especially Saturday morning, is dead. Nine times out of ten. Uh, but people, it's like they like that visceral trample over grandma experience, you know, 
It's almost pointless because you could get the same stuff online. Not even a cybermon. Like everyone's wising up finally. They're doing week long or 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 two weeks or a whole month of Black Friday deals. You know. Yeah. So you can just do it online and be safe and not have to trample poor old grandma. That's crazy. This stuff happens just to save a few bucks. Did you snag anything over the deal period? Um, really just Rainbow Six Siege, I think, was my big, uh, my big grab for Black Friday, Cyber Monday kind of rush. I got Siege and I did some clothes shopping, you know, just like some get ready for winter stuff because, you know, moved to colder climates and was not prepared. <laughs> That's true. You move from down south to pretty much bleeding north. Yeah. Man, that's a that's a culture shock. But you've been in a cold climate before. You're originally a Chicago native. The Windy City. Right. So. <clears throat> but that was many years ago, and I doubt I will fit in my, you know, clothes from when I was 10. <laughs> so. I mean, you could try, you know. I could try, but I don't, I don't think it would go over so well. You can be like Doc's Angels on Z Nation and just make patchwork clothes out of scraps you find. So, like, take three outfits and make them into one. Why not? <coughs> hey, it worked for them. Which, by the way, you know, I, I worked that in there because Z Nation is a, is a show I don't get to talk enough about. And people really should watch it. It's, a, it's such a fun show. Uh, shout out to Russell Hodgkinson. I'm going to name drop. Really nice guy. Super responsive on Twitter and Facebook. We're Facebook friends. Like, legit Facebook friends. We, like, PM each other. Really nice guy. Super busy. Uh, I'm glad that show's uh, got a bit of a cult following. You know, it's not The Walking Dead. You know, it's not Game of Thrones. But people that do watch the show, they love it. And uh, the cast is uh, super appreciative. They're, they're really, you know, involved with the fan community, which is awesome. But, folks, <coughs> we are live on Twitch at Channel Geeky Antics. We're also on uh, All Games Radio every other Saturday. So you should join us. Uh, and that's usually, we try not to miss shows, but every now and then things happen. We almost missed this show. The show almost didn't happen, uh, cause it's a busy month, you know, holiday season and all. But I said, nope, we gotta do this, even if it's a shorter show. And I have the beginnings of a sneeze coming on, and there comes, <laughs> I thought I could fight it, but, you know how, like, when it starts to back off, sneezes are really sneaky. They're like, okay, I- I'm cool, it's cool, man, I- I'm-, I'm gonna back off. Psych! <laughs> I'm backing off. I'm backing off with my hands in the air. Gotcha. Ah <laughs> oh, man, then I sucker punch you. Alright. So um yeah, twitch.tv forward slash geeky antics and of course allgames.com. All games, the the place where G4 TV got started, one of the first communities and media outlets for gamers. And I just you know, that's just about video games or or games as a whole, but also, the other things that we gamers talk about. So definitely, you know, get involved in that community. It's still relevant, and it's still community-driven. Uh, you know, you don't get that level of interaction in other places. You know, a lot of brands have kind of become faceless and, you know, one-sided conversations, you know. Good luck trying to get that writer, that, that journalist, or you know, that online personality to respond. But in all games, it's, you know, we're pretty much family. It's a good place to be. And same thing with Geeky Antics, but you know, I, I don't need to promote that. And I, I you know, you guys know already how we roll. We roll deep, yo. <laughs> we can be part of multiple families, so it's all good. We don't have to be mutually exclusive. Um, for those that are new to the show, what is Timey Wimey Tea Time? You may be asking yourself that. Timey Wimey, what's that about? You may not, you may not even know where that comes from. That's a Doctor Who reference. But you know, 
we don't talk that much about Doctor Who. The show's kind of evolved into more than that. It's about fandoms. It's about deep yet casual conversation about anything geeky or creative. You know, we go deeper on video games, sci-fi, fantasy, the fandoms, the creative process thereof. We banter a bit. Um, and there's a lot of overlap between what we do here in TWTT and our other shows on Geeky Antics and our friends over at All Games. Um, but, uh, I think here we just try to go deeper on it and, and kind of cover the aspects we may glance over or skip over altogether. So, uh, if that sounds like something you're into, hope you stick around for the ride. Uh, and my dogs, are, do you hear that? The dogs are going crazy. And if it doesn't sound like something you're into, give it a shot anyways. You might find something new you like. That's right. I just figured I'd add that in. Surprise. Surprise. Caught you off guard like a sneak. I was going to do the meme, the MFR thing, and I was like, wait, wait. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't think that would be appropriate for said show. Yeah, yeah, we we keep this show G-rated, if not at least PG. Um, Yeah, that that reference is, uh, what's the name, Sergeant Dokes from Dexter. A show that uh, Oolong and I actually share in common. Uh, and I'm probably the only person that enjoyed the last season. Though it made me sad, and I, I totally see what people hate it. Like, that, that, that show went from, like, firing all cylinders the first two or three seasons, and then it was kind of like, okay, I guess. <laughs> that ending, though. Oh, boy. That I mean... Was, that's what I think did a lot of it in. Just like, you know, people loved Lost, and then the ending hit, and everyone's like, why did I watch that show for so long? See... With Lost, I felt the writing was on the wall. Like, Lost to me is a feast for the senses. And it's like a show that I personally would watch. I'll go back to every now and then just to watch random episodes. Cause I don't really care about the plot. Cause I knew at the end, of, at the end of it all, it was going to be some kind of cop-out thing. Like, oh, it was all a dream. You know, spoiler. Mario Brothers 2 ending. Oh gosh. Yeah. Exactly. The biggest bird flipped right there. <laughs> But like, lost, that, man. that destroyed me as a child. Like, I loved that game. I played through it so much. I got to the ending, and they were like, it's all a dream. It's been a dream. And I was like, no, no, no. I did not just waste my last three weekends to find out I've been playing a dream. But that's a fun game, though. Like, the boss battles in that game, and just, it's so trippy. Like, Super Mario 2 is... The Mario game for people on drugs, I swear they, they were high when I made that game because you're throwing vegetables at people. You got these guys that are shy and they're wearing masks because of it, but they're super aggressive. So how shy can they really be? Um, well, you know the backstory about it, right? It, it, that's actually, uh, Doki Doki mm-hmm. and it was turned to Super Mario. And by the way, that's my yep. son Drew screaming at the dog in the background. I love my family support. Like, hey, I got a show going on. You guys can try to keep it down. So they just go, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> But no, they actually, they gave us Mario Brothers 2 uh, as a Doki Doki reskinned clone because they originally thought that American gamers would get too frustrated or be unable to beat the original Mario Brothers 2. Well, yeah, that's the, you know... The so they were like, if, if they can't beat it, it won't sell well. And now, since then, you know, we have actually gotten Mario 2, obviously, and American fans went crazy on it. I think, uh... I love this day, an American has the speedrunning record on it. I love Super Mario 2. I would not have changed it. I mean, it was great when we got the lost levels, you know, but 
it was nice that they did something completely different. I mean, again, it was just a reskin of Doki Doki Panic, if I'm not mistaken. And if you play the Doki Doki games, they're, they're really cool. There's other games that follow the Mario formula too. Like, and what's funny, Mario's was, is what caught on. But if you play a lot of the Japanese imports on the NES, you know, the stuff that came out strictly on the Famicom. Yeah. They had some really neat games in there. There was one I played where you're a fat penguin that loses weight as he does certain things. But if you eat the enemies, you gain weight and you're slower. Like, depending on whether you're you're skinnier or fatter of yourself, you have different abilities. So it's like a crackhead version of Super Mario meets uh, Kirby. Kirby. <laughs> It's really weird. I, I forgot the name because it's like, of course, something Japanese. So it's like, Hoki Doki Doki Wuki no, no Seto Kato. <laughs> I don't know. You know? They now watch. Like, Somewhere, someone in Japan is listening. He's like, what did he say about my mama? <laughs> oh, you just wait. Well, you know how the titles always have something, something, no, blah, blah, right? Yeah. That's the way the titles always go. And it's like, it's, it's always a long thing. And then when you translate to English, it's like, silly bird. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah super mario 2 uh holds a special place in my heart but like super mario 3 though when that game came out wow that, uh, yeah i think to this day that is still quite a few that that like mario super mario brothers 3 to me it seems to be like the final fantasy 7 of mario brothers games like yeah. No matter how far time goes, people always have that nostalgic place where they're just like, this is possibly one of the best games they've ever done with this, you know, cast of characters. Dude, it's like, back then, they really knew how to hype things up. They did the, right, right away they did the world tour, and people got to do tournaments to Super Mario 3 right after it was fresh. They did the same thing with Star Fox, but... Yeah, they released the movie. Yep, and they had, and the thing about it is that they had t-shirts all over the place, the, um, the Mario in the, not the Tanuki suit, but he basically went, the one where the, he's flying in the air and he's got the little tail and the ears, the fox thing going on. That's yeah, like the, the raccoon suit. Yeah, there you go, there you go, raccoon, raccoon suit. Uh, got a Tanuki suit, the, the full-on furry thing. <laughs> yeah, where he can, like, turn into the statue and... Yeah. Oh, man. So many great mechanics in that game. And then they did something that was long-awaited. They made it so that you weren't just grinding through the levels, right? They had little mini-games, little boss battles you could do, optional side stuff, and cooperative stuff. And they took original Mario Brothers stuff and put it into Super Mario Brothers 3, where you could do two-player co-op, I guess, these different stages. I'm like, Wow! This this should have been a thing a long time ago, like, because instead of, you know, if you get a really good Mario player and you're, like, the second player, you're just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, like, <sighs> let me know when it's my turn. I'll be uh sleeping over here. But, you know, this kept you fully engaged because you, you could play together and, you know. Well, plus they did the win-loser-draw alternation. So even if you beat a level, player two played the next. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Of course, the slot machine. They brought that back, right? Didn't they bring that back? Try to remember now. Um, no, before. they didn't no, have the no. slot machine. They had the uh, match cards. That's what it was. They had the match card game you could play, or like the the floating floating phantom ships that would appear from time to time that yeah. you could challenge. Those were um, hard because it was like they basically had no grounds, so you had to like it was all platforming. Like, oh yeah, insane platform. Oh my gosh. 
what a brilliant game. Like, just, I would, I love just sometimes just sitting, and it might be weird for saying this, but just sitting in the overworld map and just listening to the music and kind of sh- shifting before, between the different areas and just goofing around like, right? Oh man, this, that game is just, dare I say, flawless. See, like I said, the Final Fantasy VII of Super Mario Brothers. Did you have the problem? I think it's World Eight. World Eight was hardcore. It was even harder, in my opinion, than the last World. Right, where you actually get to fight uh, Bowser or King Koopa, whatever he's calling himself. Now he was calling himself Bowser at that point, but uh, same guy. Let's be honest. And uh, in World Eight. You have a boss battle, and it's a pretty unique boss battle. Then you beat them, and you're kind of like, that's it? And then it's like, after that, it's like, a new world opens up. You're like, oh, snap. That wasn't the last boss. Because you're like, you finally breathe easy. Like, oh, I can't believe I made it through that. Those those platforming runs were crazy. Tiny little platform. Like, t- 20 different tiny platforms. You have to land perfectly, and then run off of and jump off right away without falling out of the ant ledge, and then, you know, you got the bullet, uh, bullet bobs, whatever they were called, flying bullet at you. Bullet bills. Bullet bills, there you go. Uh, I was thinking about bob uh, mm. the walking bomb guys. But, uh, yeah, bullet bills, flying at you, a lot of madness, and you realize that at the end. That, that's, that's what happened to me. That was my Super Mario 3 first playthrough. Blind, no, no, uh, walkthrough, no guy, no Nintendo power on the side. I just went into, into it blind. I was like, I beat it! And I was like, no, I didn't! <laughs> oh man I remember also I would leave that game paused like for like an hour or two and come back to it because sometimes you just need to like walk away like whoa that's intense man like those stages where like you have to be super precise like uh there was one stage I remember where there those what are those chompers that you can't kill they look like little Pac-Man plants oh yeah <clears throat> yeah the little like uh the black ones that are on the ground, like, all over world, uh, six and seven. Yeah. And there's a bunch of stages where, like, they lined up all of the ground, and it's like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. That was world seven. Oh, man, <clears throat> brutal. <laughs> like, world seven and eight, man? They don't mess around. Oh, dude, I just remember, like, God, like you hoarded all of your P-Wings for that. Because mm-hmm. then you'd get to a level, and you're just like, nope, gonna fly over it. Yep. Yep. Uh, and a fly over it, not dealing with it. Yeah, because going through it the old school way. Ugh. And then, of course, the infamous water levels. Water levels in any game are, like, just evil. They're Dark Souls status trolling. <laughs> Unless you got the frog suit. Yeah. Frog suits made them pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's like the little shortcut. Man, that game, all the little Easter eggs, the secrets, and the items you can get, and it holds up, st- it still holds up so well. It's, it's a good looking game. Mm-hmm. Man, that for, that was the first time. Like everyone knows the trick now, but the first time when someone saw a person duck on the white block and fall behind the scenery, and they yep. actually felt like the game had depth, and they were like, oh, and they run out behind the end point. You know, it was. <laughs> I did. I kind of wish they would have given like a Legend of Zelda shout out. So like when you fall behind the level and you got in there, instead of Toad, you know, saying what he says, he just goes. It's a secret to everyone. Oh my gosh, yes. Classic Zelda. Ah, oh, man. I felt so accomplished when I figured it out on my own. Because I, you know, I started to notice a pattern. I'm like, these white blocks, 
they're very rare. And this one in particular stands out. So I started doing it everywhere I could. And then, you know, I found, I started to see the patterns. It's, it's crazy. The more you play Mario games, the more you start to get that intuition of where there might be a secret. Like this feels out of place. That feels redundant. All right. This is like oh, a little area that's off the big beaten trail. There has to be something over here. I'm, I'm a very firm believer that people who played the NES learned two things. One, persistence, because checkpoints and stuff were not a thing. If you died, you started over from the beginning once your lives are continues ran out. You know, so you, you learned to be persistent in what you were doing. And two, logic. There were so many things you just had to logic because there was no real way to find out. You know, Nintendo games released in such a mass quantity not even Nintendo Power could cover them all. Like back in the day, there was Daydream and Davy. I've, I've mentioned oh my gosh. a few times. <laughs> yeah, and like Nintendo Power had like one one short article about it, but they never gave any kind of guides or tips or tricks. And that game had some crazy puzzles where you'd like you get something, you're just like, "What am I supposed to do with this?" So you have to go search everywhere. I'm surprised with how big you are into Daydreaming Davy and you're not into uh, Little Nemo, or at least I never heard you talk about it. No, I, like back in the day, I used to play a lot of Little Nemo the Dream Master. Honestly, I just, I didn't, like, I enjoyed it, I beat it, but I never thought it was the challenge of Daydreaming Davy, and Daydreaming Davy to me was like that sleeper title. Yeah. No yeah, one really heard about. How about on the Genesis, Kid Chameleon? Oh, dude. That was a that was a long journey and experience through so many freaking levels. It is a lot of levels, but I mean, I love that game. I mean, it is too long, and it's something to be said. There's some interesting lessons there because nowadays gamers feel like every game has to be long for it to be quality. By the way, uh, Derek H says in the chat he cares because I wrote I wrote uh we're about to get started. If anyone cares. In all games chat. I'm glad, I'm glad you care, Derek. We care about you too, bro. But uh, yeah, the, I, I agree. Um, we're spoiled now. You know, that, that persistence you need to have, the resilience. Um, and you know, that's, that's probably why the classic games hold up so well because they're all about perfecting the art and exploring and, and rewards that. It is a, you know, very rarely did a game hold your hands, you know? Yeah. They were pretty cold blooded. Oh yeah. And like uh, Kid Chameleon, you played through a hundred levels. Oh, yeah. And there was still the potential that you got a misleading ending because you did something wrong. And then you had boss battles throughout that. Um, Kid Chameleon is a flawed game, uh, you know, for a lot of reasons, but I love it. Not because it was kind of Sega attempting to take a, a jab at Mario, but, you know, it's very clearly a Mario type of game. But all the different what about suits. Bubble Bobble. Oh, yeah. But all the different it's suits, man. The plus. suits, the suits, dude. Let's talk about the suits. And then you can talk about your bubble bottle, bubble bubble dude, but the suits. The suit. So, I like the samurai. The berserker yeah. was always pretty fun. That's the one that, uh, the rhino suit that you could just... Yeah, you just had butt things. Yeah. Um, oh, let me think here. Uh, the skateboard. Yep, that was fun. I like the, the fly. The fly's fun. He's so cute. He's like, me. <laughs> He can be, but, like, I always had the worst trouble controlling the fly suit, so, yeah. like, I would get over a wall and then either lose the suit immediately or accidentally try to grab a wall and, like, miss and fall to my death. Oh, 
so bad, yeah. And uh, the, the thing about that game is there was always the hard way to go about it and then the easy way. And basically that meant holding on to a particular suit or a particular costume and then you morph it to that, that creature, that character. And then you have to try not to die because every, every suit has a certain life bar. And when you go through the life bar, you go back to the regular t-shirt and jeans, cool dude. And uh mm. losing that suit sometimes meant going through the hard way and... Oh man, so rough. But even if something just caught you off guard, like it spawned a little different than you were used to, yep. you lost the suit and you were like, oh no. You zigged and oh, you should have no. zagged, yeah. Uh, but I still, I love that game. Stomping on those little head bosses, you know, little pogo stick type of thing you had to do. It's a fun game, man. People poop on it, but kick a million. I still enjoy it today. So we, mm. we save a bubble bubble. Oh, it's another one of those games that had like, a hundred plus levels, and then you could still get the bad ending. Yep, yep. Like, some of those were so trolly. Like, everybody complained with Black Ops 3's zombies ending. <clears throat> they were like, oh man, what is this? This is terrible. There's got to be another ending. And I was like, I remember going through a hundred levels as a kid, getting to the end, and it just being like, they're like, next time, find the secret area to get the real ending. And I was like, I just yep. wasted all day, yep. all the playtime I could get for you to tell me to try again to get the secret ending. Oh, come on. Well, oh. time to start again. Oh, wait, hold on a second. We're being told that they can only hear... Oh, hold on, let me fix it. They can only hear me on all games, not you. Hold on, let me fix it real quick. Palm. The recording's fine. But the stream on all games, I messed it up somehow. Oh, man. Let's see what I did wrong. <clears throat> so at this point, everyone in all games thinks you're just agreeing with the voices in your head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're just like, yeah. No, good point. Good point. They're like, who is he talking to? Guys, yeah, um, do we I'm... tell him or? <laughs> Yogi's officially losing it. He's just talking to himself now. All right. Uh, it should be picking you up. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, let me try something. Hopefully it won't break anything. So I guess while you're working on fixing this, we, we should cover something completely, well, semi-random, since we're still talking well, about video well, games. Well, I, I got something for you to talk about. How did you feel about uh, Bubble Bobble 2, Rainbow Islands? Talk about that a little bit. I shouldn't be too mm. <laughs> So, I, 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 uh, it was good in the way that it advanced small things and like I didn't get hosed on not having a secret you know a secret room to get the real ending the graphics were nice but it felt very much like a very reused game like a lot of the puzzles were the same from the first and felt like they reused a lot which was smart for the business at the time you know make that money by not having to recreate too much uh in the way of new puzzle ideas yeah no, 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 no. You will not distract me. I'm going back to the original point. Where were you on what was supposed to be Play Together Retro Friday? Oh, I told you last night I probably wasn't going to do Retro Friday. <laughs> get him. Get him, everybody. Chat, go nuts. <laughs> I, saw, I saw you last night, so I, I, I said, well, you know, I, I, basically, on the weekends that we have this show, it's probably Retro Friday not going to happen, because I like to go long on Retro Friday, and like, I do right. late night, so I don't want to, like, be completely dead when I do this show. 
But if no. we go, yeah, but last last show. I know last last week. I have no. Excuse. We were supposed to meet that Friday. Yeah, I didn't know. fall on a TW. So can we try to set it up again? So Actually, hey, probably on. not because this Friday I'm going to be overloaded with the move. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, all right. We'll figure something First out. First Friday of the new year. That, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll First figure. Friday of the new year, launching into the new year with some some multiplayer co-op versus each other madness. It's going to be great. It'll be like the Geeky Antics Retro Friday Royal Rumble. <laughs> 30 games enter, one person leaves the champ. <laughs> oh, I see why I can't... Why it's not picking you up. It's the way I have this mixer set up. And if I change it, it's going to break stuff. It's going to break the recording. So, for all games, it's going to hear me, sadly. Remind me next time we do the show, I'll, I'll, I have to fix that for all games. So not just well, for any, anyone listening to the playback afterwards who may have been listening on all games, hi! <laughs> right, for the for the full show, he could always go on uh, YouTube, of course, all the iTunes platforms, all the uh, podcast platforms, including iTunes. And, whoa, I got that all backwards. Yeah, because <sighs> if I change, I'm trying to figure this logically, if I change this thing, it'll break that thing. There's so many dependencies. <laughs> I'll fix one thing and then I'll break the other. So yeah, we'll just roll. We'll roll with it for now. But, quick, quick, uh, little housekeeping. You can join us on Facebook. Be part of our community. Facebook.com forward slash Geeky Antics. That's our community, our network. Uh, we're collaborating with our fam over at All Games. A lot of cross promotion, a lot of love there. Cause we got the groups on Facebook for different things, uh, with the Geeky Antics, Xbox and PC gaming community. We have the Elder Scrolls, uh, Geeky Antics group. And we have the Geeky Antics, uh, fa- Fantasy Football Theorycraft group. Um, yeah. Do you see a pattern? There's a pattern here. I don't know if you see it. <laughs> of course, on Xbox Live, you can join me. I'm Yogizilla. Uh, Oolong is IQ space freak space show. And OB, our favorite salty dog, is OB1X2. Uh, we have the Geeky Antics Network Club on Xbox, um, and also the All Games Club too. Make sure you join that. Um, and, and now the clubs are available to everyone. Um, I'm Yogi's on Steam on Twitter at Geeky Antics. Oh, we have we have groups on um, we have groups on Steam as well. Though we need to get those more active again. We've been kind of doing more of the Xbox stuff lately. On Twitter, uh, you can contact us at, uh, Geeky Antics, at Geeky Antics, at Yogizilla, and now at TSC Blade. That's your, that's the one you're gonna be using from now on, right? Uh, yes, yes. And then if you wanna leave us voicemail, or text us, 646-801-2149, again, 646-801-2149, that's a US number, so long distance charges may apply, or international rates, whatever you got going on, you know, if you're not doing VoIP. Email, TWTT at geekyantics.net. And of course, our main site, where you can uh, keep in touch with us. We have forums, we have a blog, private messaging, we have all that social stuff. Geekyantics.net. Woo! Glad to get that out of the way. Are you ready for the TWTT word of the day, Oolong? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> well, today's TWTT word of the day is brought to you by the Flying Mechs with Really Big Guns, Sam's Oddly Shaped Hot Dogs, Quantico, just because, and the letter Q. And the letter is Quantum. Quantum. Do you know what that is? A lot of points in Scrabble. Oh, man. How'd you know? Well, you guys. <laughs> it's an adjective, actually, that means former or one time, as in his quantum partner. And using the quote, I was not mistaken, there was my quantum friend, my traitorous foe, sitting at his ease, leaning comfortably back in one chair, his feet put up on another. 
That's from Mary Corley Vendetta or The Story of One Forgotten, published in 1886. There you go. Now, um, what we've been doing, we're keeping the show more free-flowing for now, until, uh, for a little while. Um, and then we're going to go back to the old format, probably, or some some version of it, once we start talking more about Doctor Who and we have our usual segments. But uh, let's get straight to our geeky musings today. We're going to just jump right into it. We're going to start off with what we've been watching. Now, Oolong, are you caught Ooh. up on the librarians? <laughs> the million dollar question. I, I haven't caught up on the librarians. I actually, I started down the rabbit hole of librarians, <clears throat> and then I got super sidetracked in, like, you see everything, CWDC shows. And yeah, fall awesome. season. Yep, yep. Like, oh, plus, yeah, like, Supernatural's back. I mean, there are so many of my shows that are in the fall season. Like, I don't have a good split. My spring is very thin. I've got a couple of shows. Yeah, this this should you know. be a spring show, and I didn't even mention that. This really should be a spring show because fall is hardcore. And then not to mention, you have tons of networks, like just the regular networks, you know, over-the-air stuff is solid. But then if you have cable, there's stuff on the same slots. It's crazy. So it sucks because they're competing against a lot of great shows. This should be a spring show or a summer show. Because then on top of that, you have all the shows that come out in the fall, and then the mid-season shows on top of it. There's a lot of stuff, man. A lot of stuff. But Librarians is back for season three, so in case you missed that. So yeah, maybe so I'm going to have to catch back up. Yeah, I, am t- I have to, too. I'm in the same boat. I love the show, but it's just there's so- only so much time in the week to watch TV. Um, but it might be time to rewatch season two and the three movies and then lead up into this. They're only about four or five episodes in, I think. So... Um, how about the DC shows? Oh, buddy. Uh, Flash, Arrow, Gotham. Uh, the only one I haven't, <clears throat> the only one I haven't started yet, and, and I intend to watch it because of all the tie-ins with the Flash is Sea Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow? But other than that, I think I am caught up on all of the DC shows. Okay. I think I've thought like, of something that works. This, this is the busy season, because I've got Supernatural, Flash and Arrow are on current season, Superstore's on current season, yeah. uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is just about at the end of its current season, but that's currently on but season. But Superstore, you could watch whenever, though, like, you know, right? Like, yeah, but it's one of those, like, it's it's one of those shows that has somehow found its way into, like, I watch it every week. It's part of your rotation now, gotcha. Like, I just can't help it. It's so funny and like, oh, dude. Like, because I was working retail when I started watching it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, this is so accurate. Like, what, uh, I used to work for, for Hastings before they closed down and closed as a company. And on one of my last days, I remember going up to my manager and I was just like, can I make a Garrett-style announcement? About, you know, <clears throat> the, the store's closing. Can I just make a Garrett-style closing announcement? Oh, man. The shenanigans that happen. Like, if you're in a company that is clearly shutting down, or let's say you get fired and you know you're, you're, you know, you're on borrowed time, the shenanigans, man. Like, <laughs> what's to stop it's you, really? Real. Like, you're not yeah. really held accountable for anything. Oh, no, they're going to fire you. Well, they're <laughs> closing tomorrow, so I don't think that's a big worry. The the word like, this is really bad. They could always withhold a paycheck or a docu or something. 
But uh, yeah. not really. Yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest thing. Like in in the world of, of relatively minimum wage retail, if you've worked it, they have to pay you for it. As long as you that's weren't true. stealing, yeah. As long as you weren't stealing or anything like that, they can't dock your pay. Yep. <laughs> like they can fire you. That that's what you're looking at. They're like, we're gonna fire you. It's like there is no hasting tomorrow. We're gonna give you a really stern look. I gotta say, uh, sometimes I, I I feel like hourly being an hourly employee is better than salaried because when you're salaried, the belief is that the the company owns you. You have no free time, and you know they ask you, "Hey, can you come in today?" And you know, I know it's your day off, or can you work extra hours? Not really, uh, uh, so much of you know, a yes or no thing, or like, you're going to do it, I'm just being polite about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you could come in on Saturday, that'd be great. Yep, yep. Like that, and that's true, though. Like, uh, our, our main person we'd had on salary, like, was the, the store manager at the time, who was awesome. Like, best, bet, one of the best managers I've ever worked for. I actually was only planning on working there for a few months, but because the store manager kept winding up in such terrible situations with untimely people quitting. I actually stayed for almost a full year just to help the manager. And uh, they were pulling at, at one point they were pulling almost 70 hours. Oh man. And I mean, that's rough, but they were salary. So it's not like they had much of an option. They just had to pull those hours. <laughs> it, it was rough, dude. So working hourly, being able to be like, mm, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm not coming in, well, it was quite the advantage, quite the advantage. I'm going to try something, Oolong. Do not be alarmed, but it might rock your world, maybe not in a good way. Hold on. I think I figured out something that could uh, allow everybody to hear the uh, dulcet tones of your voice. Only one way to find Ah! <laughs> you can hear yourself now, can't you? Yes, I can. Okay. It echoes back. Oh my gosh, what is going on? Can you deal with it, though? I suppose I could make that work. Okay. I wonder, let me see. Because I know I did this before, and, uh... How do I do this? Because I don't want you to go crazy. I mean, can they at least hear me now? Yeah. And You're listening to the mellow sound of the ball. Yeah, and now, yeah, you're definitely coming through on the feed now. And I don't think you're doubling up. I'm like doing like this flow chart in my head. Like if this wire is going there and that's going there, yeah, it should be good. Am I potentially doubling up on Twitch? Oh, I see what's happening. So then you're going there and then that's happening. Yeah, you should be good. Yeah, we're good. You should be good. Say, keep talk say something again. Uh, something again, again. Test, Still test. talking. All right, now let me tell me if you hear. Uh, I'm gonna play this little sound bit. Enough about Obi's nuts. On to community gaming. Yeah. Yeah, not sure it's the most appropriate for family friendly, but yeah, I heard it. Well, no, he likes peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Derek says you have a nice voice. He does have a nice voice. That's Oolong. It's my homie, yo. Well, thank you. Now that I've come out of the ether, so you can hear me. <laughs> All right, so we should be good going forward. Hey, you know what? You got to deal with it too, because I have mic monitoring, monitoring on, so I hear myself anyway. But you're hearing yourself on a slight delay. That's the annoying thing. I hear myself. Yeah, but it'll be all right. 
Okay, cool. We can, we can deal with this. Uh, yeah, yeah. I fi- I'll think of a better solution, but it's what I came up with ad, ad hoc. And it's recording you, and it's recording. All right, yeah, we're good. We're good to go. Yay! I like when we work things out. It's funny. Yeah, Eric said that about your recording. will have double. Um, no, because uh, on the recording, I'm recording off of different audio interfaces. So yeah, should be good. Say something again. Something again. Yeah, yeah. That way, I have it set up. I set it up so if I have to change something on Discord or um, whatever I use to transmit over to all games, it doesn't interrupt the Twitch and the, and the actual audio recording. You know what I mean? That's but, pretty cool. And I also have the stream that goes to all games. I do recording off of that, too. So I have, like, redundancies. We're somewhat professional here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but by the way, folks, if you don't know, uh, Derek H. is the man behind the man behind the plan over at allgames.com. And uh, I'm cracking up because uh, he said you have a nice voice. And then Pacemaker says, you have a nice voice, Derek H. And I was, like, on point, like, 20 seconds later, like, boom. Were you paid to say that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, let's get it back on track. Now that we got to figure it out. Um, so yeah, so you you're caught up on the DC stuff, uh, the the invasion arc. Are you finished with that? Um, <clears throat> I'm caught up except for Legends of Tomorrow. Okay, same here. What do you think so far? OMG, I'm liking it. I'm kind of enjoying it. Um, <clears throat> I can say that I like Flash more than I like Arrow because of the comedic value involved. Yeah. I'm, I'm, right now I'm more of a fan of Flash. I have it for a while. Um, I get the arrows more the darker side of the DC universe. But like, Supergirl and Flash are both good at having those serious themes, but then keeping it lighthearted when it needs to be. Like, they could juggle that. And do, and then the doom gloom on, uh, arrows sometimes a bit much, I feel. I forgot about Supergirl. I'm actually not caught up on that one. Well, you'll be happy to know that in this story arc, it's Supergirl, uh, Flash, Arrow, and then Legend, I believe. That's the order, yeah. But, but. Uh, I'm most of the way there. Supergirl, you could skip it. It doesn't really add too much to it. They're kind of easing her into that universe. And the nice thing, we talked about this before, like how were they going to address the whole bit about the shared universe? Well, she's on Earth 9 or something, like, She's not even on Earth 1 or 2, or Earth Prime, whatever they're calling these days. She's on a different Earth. And so what happens there in Metropolis and, and you know, her city doesn't affect the rest of the DC universe. That's how they're handling it right now, at least for the show. So they, they do that, uh, they do this whole interdimensional thing, well, as you saw. Yeah, yeah, because there's, that's like all of season two of the Flashes. Oh, the Earth 1, Earth 2 arc. Yep, yep, yep. So. They set that all up, and it's you know it, it's dangerous, but I think they're handling it very well so far. So I'm I'm happy. With it. I'm I'm really enjoying the DC stuff. It's funny, Marvel's killing it in the movie theaters, and DC's killing it on TV. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. It's, it's, it would be funny. Like you would think they could transfer that those skills to both sides of the fence, but it's like you're good, you're really good on one side or the other, but not both. I kind of wish that CW had Gotham so we could get a tie in there as well, but timeline would be all wonky, so I guess it makes sense not to. Yeah. Um, see, because Gotham is, like, is in a weird place because that's a prequel, so it's not, it's not like... Yeah, but you know, like, what do you mean? have the Flash go back 
back in time. Oh. And poof, oh my gosh. he's in Gotham. That'd be... Because he has to save Bruce Wayne, you know, because someone tries to stop him before he becomes Batman. Yeah, and... Man, how would, like, I'm trying to think how, how they would pull that off. That'd be really hard. Like, it'd be cool. But, like, the whole tone of that show is so different. Like, the moment you have Flash, Supergirl, anybody like that show up, man, that would really, like, shake things up. Though they're, they're already having superpowers appear in the Gotham universe. So, hmm, it could work. Yeah, I mean, look, look at Ivy. Yep. And by the way, speaking of Gotham, Penguin really messed up. What else is now? I mean, no, but he messed up so bad. I I felt so. T- I really actually feel terrible for for Edward Nigma. I really do. Edward Nigma, of course, the Riddler. Got known as Riddler's that. one of my favorite people. Yes, me too. I was always a fan of him. Uh, in fact, I remember I went, when I used to do little comic strips and doodle a lot and, cart- and you know, do cartooning for funsy mainly. I used to always like create characters based off of like kind of the Riddler persona, you know. Uh, <clears throat> good times. He but, was uh, supposed to uh, get his own comic book, and I haven't been able to find a comic book shop locally to go check it out and see if they have any of the issues. It's like alternate universe Riddler, where he's actually a detective, like he's a private investigator, instead of being a supervillain. I really wanted to see that. Yeah, that's what's tragic about him is that he's not a bad guy. He's just got issues, obviously. But, like, all this stuff that keeps happening to him is what sends him in a downward spiral. So we're getting all these, all this, you know, all these origins here. And Penguin is a big part of the reason that, you know, Edward Nigma is going to become the Riddler. And it sucks. Because, man, what a cute couple. And I, they were so, th- those two were so perfect. I'm not talking about Penguin and Riddler, but I'm talking about, uh, yeah, Edward and uh, what was her name? Because uh, Penguin kept getting it wrong. He kept calling her something, and then it was like another syllable. Oh my god, I forgot her name already. What was it? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. We were talking so much about Arrow, so all I can think is Felicity Smoke, and I'm like, <laughs> that's not it. I love Felicity Smoke. Man, she's you know not to go, go really go there. I know we try to keep this family friendly, but man, she's got a booty on her. I'm like, what? <laughs> And, and look, the show knows that she does because the side shots and they pan down and like the tight skirts, come on. They are so pandering, you know. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, like, like in Gotham, they, everything's getting crazy. You got like these love triangles and you got rage zombie type things going on 20 hours later style. Barbara, I love her too. Like she's so bad, it's good, man. Like I'm like I really shouldn't like her, but I really do. <laughs> the only thing I don't know is which angle are they going with Barbara? She's she's the X factor, right? Like you, you, just when you think they're like kind of tucking her away, she becomes relevant again. Like I think they're trying to work that angle where she's gonna be the the, the behind the scenes person, kind of orchestrating everything, but not really putting herself out there, you know. Kind of like a more muted fish moony. Yep, I was just gonna say that. Yep, yep. And then the other thing that we, the other kind of like subplot we're seeing going along is uh, Cat Girl. You know, I'm gonna call, I'm just gonna call her Cat Girl, Selena. She keeps teasing poor old, uh, poor baby ba- Batman. Like, come on, girl. <laughs> oh man, they're, they're star-crossed. They're always star-crossed. Yeah. I mean, she clearly cares for him, but it's like she, her pride is so, 
not an or more her fear masked as pride. She can't she can't admit that she really cares about him like that. But then when he doesn't give her the time of day or whatever, she's throwing a little fit. Ah, typical woman. Doesn't matter what age. <laughs> uh, other shows to mention real quick. Of course, The Walking Dead. Uh, I don't know. Are you caught up on that? I'm so far out of The Walking Dead. Okay, I figured. That the spoilers won't affect me. Well, the only thing I'll say about it is it's nice to finally have a change of pace because they were going so hard on this one angle and just trying to build up the latest baddie. It's like, okay, we get it. He's a bad guy. He's a real bad guy. Okay, cool. Let's move on. So they're finally giving one of the characters we haven't really seen too much of a little more love, uh, Tara. But it feels like it's another one of those setups where they're giving her her screen time because she's probably going to die next. Uh, Rosita seems like the same kind of thing. Uh, Michonne... I'm also thinking she's skating on thin ice. So it's like we have these strong female characters that uh may be on the cutting board soon. Ooh, scary. But uh, that's all I'll say on that. Um, other uh, other shows I'm enjoying: Westworld, Exorcist. Stop me if you have anything to say about these. Um, with Westworld, the pacing was terrible. It's finally picking up the pace. Now, the only problem I have with that show, I mean, I love the setting. I love I love the characters, and the whole premise is great. It's kind of got a whole sort of online full dive kind of thing going on. Like, if you're in a virtual world or alternate reality, like, do the rules of morality still apply? You know, what's what's humanity? What's consciousness? You know, how do you determine whether our life matters or not? Um, really interesting themes there. But um, they have some stuff, some plot developments where I'm like, would that really happen? Like, really, they don't have safeguards in place? Like, they don't see that coming? Like... It, it seems like a real, like they keep giving us these pills that are really hard to swallow. So that's the only problem I have with that. But I do recommend giving the show a try. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as like it trying to be the next Game of Thrones, you know what? I would say it kind of is, it kind of is Game of Thrones in a Western setting. Cause it's very polarizing. You either really love it or you hate it. Um, sometimes you begrudgingly keep up with it, even when it's slow. And it's hard to get attached to any character. So yeah, it really is Game of Thrones. Now, Exorcist, that's a show that, it's probably the best show that's come out this fall. It's also the best show that will be canceled soon, because it's Fox. Um, it's on a Friday night slot, and I don't think that's helping it. I feel like Friday night is a bad slot for TV. Like, to me, it's cool, because it seemed like a novelty. Like, who's watching TV on a Friday night? Um, like, that's not, that's not like the prime of prime time. It's like a, it's like a graveyard slot, you know? Like, I imagine Saturday night might be. So, hopefully the show keeps going, because this is a really good show. I'm surprised how good it is, considering the subject matter. Like, I, in the beginning, I was like, how are they going to turn a movie into a show? Are they just going to recreate the movie? But nope. It's a lot more than that. They did. They made it its own thing while also keeping true to uh to the subject matter. It's really cool. Adair H says, Barbara Gordon is the only good part of Gotham. Of Gotham. Whoa, really? Uh... And it's creepy that they're teasing two two thirteen year olds boning. You know, I said that before, and yeah, I mean, you know, we try to keep this G rated, but I mean, well, let's be honest, we keep it PG. That G rated is just too hard. But they really are making it kind of awkward. Like they're really that they're, they're building up sexual tension between two teenagers. It's like, uh, like even the things Selena wears, I'm like feeling uncomfortable. Like that's really tight and kind of revealing. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure somewhere out there there are some pervy old men enjoying Gotham for the wrong reasons. I hate to say. But I, I, I love the show. 
but it's a different kind of thing. It's not what you would expect from anything DC-based or even Batman. Definitely give it a try, folks. Uh, it's not flawless, but I, I, I'm a big fan. It's one of my favorite shows, just because it's so different. Uh, what else we got? Designated Survivor, uh, of course, Ulam is the Supernatural. Uh, Lucifer, fantastic. Uh, Z Nation, I mentioned Great earlier. show. Yeah, it really is. Van Helsing, The Strain. Of course, we had the newer shows, Timeless and Frequency. There's, there's some other ones, uh, Something Tomorrow. There's a lot of good TV right now. It's, and like, it's, it's hard to choose, cause even the new MacGyver, I'm enjoying. The, the few times I've watched it. It's kind of formulaic, but it's, like, it's big, dumb fun. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with that either. And just seeing how MacGyver, uh, takes everyday items, you know, how resourceful he is, you know, and it's like, oh, credit card and chewing gum and, oh, a paper clip? Here we go. This this will get us out of the situation. What do you have in your pockets? That's what we'll use. <laughs> it's a fun show. Um, the way they do it, the production is really good. The other thing is, I don't know if, I, if I'm sold on this guy they casted as MacGyver. Then they have the Lethal Weapon show, which actually is not bad either. Damon Wayans uh, is a big part of why that, she, that show's good. But again, big dumb fun. Don't expect too much depth there. I know. This is a lot of good TV. It's kind of hard to talk about all of it. But uh, another another one I would say that that I'm pleasantly surprised by is Van Helsing. And the I, mean, I'm, I won't spoil it for people, but the latest plot development, it basically, it's, a, it's, a, it's all revolving around traitors. And man... I was so triggered by the last couple of episodes. I mean, I saw it coming, but it's like, you ever have a moment, Oolong, where you just, characters do things that are so despicable, you just want to punch them in the nose, like, bap! Ugh, that's how I felt. Like, right now, I'm just kind of cringing, like, clenching my fist, like, why? (laughs) So, I do have those moments. Usually, they're involved in Once Upon a Time. Oh, yeah, Once Upon a Time, that's right. That's another one. How can I forget that? Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm caught up to that one. Like we we specifically watch it every Monday <laughs> just to keep up on it. It's so good. Yeah, I usually try to catch it with my better half, but uh sometimes I'm just so overwhelmed with all the TV. I'm like, yeah, I need a break. You go watch it on your own. So I'm not completely caught up on that one. Good, it's so good. Yeah, it, it, I I know it's good. Is this the last season? Were you saying this was the last season, possibly? No. Okay. I thought, no, I made me think about another show. No, that's, uh, uh... Supernatural. Supernatural? There's a good chance this is the last season of Supernatural. Oh, man. Well, 12 seasons, that's a good even number. I know for sure there's another show. Vampire Diaries, I think, might be it. But there was another one. Uh... Teen Wolf. That's the one. Which, uh, I don't really keep up with, but it's another show that, that we watch in the, in the household. And every now and then I'll catch it with the family. It's a good show. But it, it is a little more teeny bopper. Like, it's a, like Vampire Diaries, Teen Wolf, you know, Pretty Little Liars, those type of shows. They kind of have that soapy teeny bopper thing going on, you know? It's a little too much on the drama and not enough substance and action for me. Yeah. I mean, Supernatural has that, but, you know, you have the whole incestual relationship between the the Winchesters. (laughs) Like, I like that they can acknowledge those, though, and make fun of them. They do. It's very self-aware. The musical episode was one of the most self-aware. They're like, what's happening? Oh, they're having the brothers moment. (laughs) You know, where they sit on the hood of the car and talk to each other deeply. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
They 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 definitely poke fun of themselves. But uh, wow, we we've been going longer than I thought we would. So this is uh go to some quick news stuff. Um, and we're probably we're gonna talk about what we were playing, what we've been playing. But I think we're just gonna get a little bit to the video game awards and then see how much time we have after that. But some quick news items. Um, Ubisoft launched year two season, the year two season pass for Siege. And, uh, I'm really excited about the direction of this game. I don't know if you noticed, I, I really, really love this game. <laughs> I'm kind of a fan of this game, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty addictive, man. It, yeah, it grows on you, man. The more you play it, the more you're gonna wanna play it. In fact, uh, I got, uh, Chris over at the Gaming Death Podcast, uh, uh, hooked on it, and he keeps telling me, screw you, Yogi, screw you! He finally was was able to pry himself away from the game, and now he's addicted to, to Skyrim again. <laughs> That's his game. But um, they have a whole roadmap for year two, and of course you're gonna have eight new operators, four new maps, like they did last season, last year. Uh, you know, one, you know, they do space it out for four seasons. Uh, of course, four seasons a year. But what's really interesting is that they're teasing new features. A feature is a very loose word, and there's some kind of leaks, some some rumors that there might be a new game mode or two coming out very soon. Um, I'm going to go and predict that we're going to see something announced late February for a March, second or third week of March. But if they're smart, they're going to release it in February. I think they need to keep the momentum going strong. And I think to really push the year two season pass, they need to have some earlier content. Even though they just released Operation Red Crow, they should get that new content back out there, keep the momentum going, keep people excited. Cause they already have the elite uniforms, the new skins, they got the chibi, um, weapon charms, they got tons of bundles and promotions in their, in their in-game store. Um, and they do, and it, it looks like they're also doing like some loyalty perks. So one of the things they did was if you had the year the year one season pass and you bought the year two season pass, you got bonus uh renown on top of what it already came with. They also have this thing called the Pro League. So when you get the season pass, you get a subscription to that. And I'm wondering what all it's gonna entail. Is it gonna just be access to the tournament events or will there also be other things? Because they have Pro League um limited edition uh, skins, uniforms, um and, uh, gold chibi, uh, charms. You know, all this Japanese themed stuff. Hey, man. Hey, Japanese. They love chibi stuff, right? So, I wonder if you'll start getting some freebies through that as well. So, I, it, this game, man, just when you think they can't get better, they keep releasing new stuff and the, the steady flow of content and you really don't spend any money. You buy the game and you could pretty much earn most of the stuff in game just by grinding it out. But I feel like, if you're enjoying this game, throw some money at it. Like I had some, I was just a friend that like they they play this game almost 24 seven. They're like, ah, I don't know, I want to spend money on cosmetic stuff. I don't really just feel like getting the season pass. Oh yeah, give me a 10 percent discount and I get some uniforms and early access to the operators. Yeah, big whoop. And you know, I'm like, well, when you go to a restaurant, do you tip or not? Because that's basically what it is. They they're not making a ton of money off of the game now. This is how they're gonna sustain it. So. Tip them so they keep doing a good job, you know? And I know Ubisoft is no small company, but still, like, just looking in the world of Siege, treat that as all that exists. Pretend that it's one company with one game. That's the way I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I want this game to thrive. I want it to go strong year three, year four, if possible. 
you know, and keep this going because it's a great platform. You have any thoughts on that, Ulong? So, I think that Ubisoft has really come into its own with the division as well as Rainbow Six Siege, and this is where we can see a very possible turnaround for the company. Um, if if they focus <clears throat> on the games that are getting them positive attention and kind of let the the past mistakes fall away, they could almost put themselves into a Blizzard situation or like you know where they have they you know, Blizzard only has like what five or six titles, but they're quality titles that everybody really enjoys playing. You know, if you look at the Division as their MMO. Their tactical shooter, which basically covers, like, your CSGO, Call of Duty-type market. Um, if they released a couple of other really strong, you know, RTS or MOBA-style games, they could come out with five or six solid titles. If they focus and keep support on those really well, I think it could turn out amazing. So I'm interested to see how Ubisoft plans on handling this in the year to come. Yeah, absolutely. And then... That that's why I love Blizzard. Since you mentioned them, is because they're more of a company that's that's a firm believer of less is more in terms of how many games they release, but it's the quality of the content and the the ongoing support. So we're seeing this in a big way with Siege and the Division, which just had the latest expansion out. Different different model because you know it's more traditional DLC by the expansions, you know, kind of stuff. But they're also doing constant tweaks to the game and supplemental patches. Um, and I agree, like, that, that, that's their MMO. And I, I love the division. They just released the survival, uh, mode. And that thing is fun. Going through the snow, scavenging for supplies, crafting stuff. You can work individually or, you know, as a team. There's a PvP or PvE variety. Like, you know, you can choose the flavor you want. And honestly, I'd rather stick to PvE because PvP, you know, while some love it, it's not the strength of, of uh, the division. I think this is, this experience shines when you work together to survive the world and explore it and just take it all in. And man, this game, every time I play it, what a gorgeous game. And I, I usually don't care about graphics. I, I really don't care. Like, all right, cool, 4K, HDR, big whoop. But just the amount of detail, you know, the weather effects, the, the fog, the lighting, the snow piling up on your equipment, on your clothes, all those little details, man, they just really help you get more immersed in that world, man. So Ubisoft is doing it. They're doing it big, man. But um, some free stuff real quick. There's a giveaway over at Game Rant, GameRant.com. They're giving away Final Fantasy 15. Really easy to enter, and uh, I'll be sharing that on my Twitter, personal Twitter and Facebook page. I should put it on our um, our Geeky Antics groups and whatnot, and get it up on all games as well, so people don't miss out on it. Uh, your chances of winning are pretty good. There's about maybe three, 4,000 participants, which is really low when you think about it. Um, so you have a good chance, a good chance to win. And you can earn multiple entries too, so... Um, free Code Friday. If you're not keeping up with Free Code Friday, this is primarily something that Major Nelson does, at Major Nelson, but other people do it. Um, I don't know if you could, you could trust all those other people, but, you know, proceed with caution. But every Friday, what you want to do, around noon Eastern, start checking his Twitter feed. Between noon and around 5 p.m., he usually does one to three giveaways, and they he gives away, you know, usually a couple of codes to each winner. Um, per giveaway, 
And uh, last time it was Final Fantasy 15, which I'm really curious about, but I know I won't be able to get around to for multiple reasons right now. But I, it looks good. Steep and uh, Titanfall 2, another one of my personal favorites. So make sure you keep, you keep up with his feed, especially for the official Xbox news. Um, Ubisoft is still celebrating their 30th anniversary with free games every month, so make sure you check out the Uplay app. Um, on the EA side of things, EA Origin on the house has Dungeon Keeper still there. Pick it up. Another one of my favorite games of all time. A lot of new releases to look at right now that just came out or about to come out. Uh, Last Guardian just dropped. Final Fantasy XV, as we just said. Dead Rising 4 comes out this week. I think uh, December 7th? December 6th? Or is it the... I don't know. I don't know if it's a Tuesday or Thursday release. But sometime this week. The week of December 4th. Um, and Scalebound, a game that a lot of people aren't really talking about. But I'm really curious about it. Um, cause I'm a big Panzer Dragoon fan, and this is like the, this seems like the closest thing to that game, right, that series right now, though it's a diff- completely different kind of experience. It's more, I guess, maybe Panzer Dragoon meets Final Fantasy, or Devil May Cry, but it has four player co-op, so I'm sold, and dragons. Maybe if they throw in some, some ninja kittens, then I'll be set. <laughs> I know, I'm crazy. Uh, Bulletproof, the, not Bulletproof, the Bullet Storm full clip edition has been, uh, revealed. And it's gonna be, it's gonna include the Duke, uh, Duke Nukem DLC, a bunch of new content and features, new combos, um, of course the HD graphics. This is a game, if you haven't played it, definitely check it out. And man, totally not safe for kids, uh, so I'm gonna say that out, put that out there. Uh, what else, what else, what else? What else? Uh, a reminder about the Nexus challenge on uh, Heroes of the Storm. If you play 15 games on there, you can, uh, I think you still do it. I gotta double check. Yeah, it should be. You through. can. Yeah, it's through January 4th, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, we need to get on that. Yeah, yeah, we do. I'll even play some League of Legends with you. So, you know, hit me up on that on the Discord if I'm not on on Siege. <laughs> so, so that's not happening then. No, 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 no. <laughs> I do take breaks from Siege, believe it or not. So if I play Overwatch, and I play other games. Doom, another one of my favorites. But yeah, if you play 15 games on Heroes of Storm, you can unlock uh, the Demon Mask Genji skin for Overwatch. They got some other goodies too, man. And they got some other stuff to look for. Blizzard, Blizzard of course, is killing it. Right? They're always doing big things. Now, enough with the news. You want to get into the Game Awards, or you want to talk a little bit about what you've been playing real quick? Your call, brother. Um... I mean, we could pretty much go into the Game Awards. My games I've been playing haven't changed much. It's been Siege, Hearthstone, because the new Hearthstone expansion came out. Yes, which we should talk about that. That's one thing I forgot to mention. Uh, it's got that faction-based system. Um, and faction I, cards now. Yeah. That's interesting. I haven't dug into it enough. I'm working on the Cabal uh, quest. And I, I think I'm probably gonna go with the Cabal, but I like you how you don't they... choose a faction. Oh, you don't? Okay, I thought you had no. to. No. To... Okay. So it introduces you to the factions because there's faction cards. So like the Jade Lotus cards can only be used by a rogue, a shaman, or uh, there's only three classes that can use it. It's like a rogue, a shaman, something else. But basically, they were the ones you had to get wins with as the Jade Lotus. Same with all the others. Like, there's cards that have their specific emblem in the upper left-hand corner that are only usable by three classes. Okay. Because, see, I was thinking you have to choose a faction, and while you're part of the faction, you can use the card. But that's actually a cleaner way of doing it. Because 
that makes more sense. So you have the three different classes. Like I know it's Cabal is Mage, Priest, and Warlock, which is usually the style I prefer. Then he had oh, what was the other one? I didn't, I wasn't really paying attention, but that's that's neat though. Hmm. That you had to definitely dig into that. Uh all right. So now I'm really curious. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, yeah, I, I, my playlist has pretty much remained the same, though I did play a little bit of Thief uh, and Sleeping Dogs this week, just to kind of round out my playlist and switch gears a bit. And Thief, all I will say is that that's a game that um, fell off for a little while. I was I was into it on the PC. The new Thief people didn't really care for, but I don't know, the, the controls are smooth, It's it's a cool world. I actually found myself enjoying it, but it's something you have to be in the mood for. It's a stealth game, and if, if you want combat, that's not really it. And I guess it's just a bad time because we have all like a ton of Assassin's Creed games, and they have the Dishonored games now. It's like, well, Thief doesn't really have a place. And it's a similar thing with the Sleeping Dogs. Sleeping Dogs, I feel, came out in a bad time because GTA has been going strong, and people say, oh, it's GTA, but with Chinese people. And I think it's more than that. Um, if anything, I would compare it more to Shenmue. Uh, Isn't Sleeping Dogs uh, free with gold this month? Yeah. So if I jump on that. Jump on that game. And I think there might even be some online. I haven't tried it yet. But uh, if you're really big, like, I'm, if, if I had to choose between Chinese or Japanese worlds and getting lost in that, I'd probably be more towards the Mafia or Shenmue games. But playing Sleeping Dog makes me, like, appreciate Chinese culture a lot more. Like, I'm like going through Hong Kong and I'm like, man, this is f- so foreign and yet so familiar at the same time. It's really weird. And that's, and now another thing that made, it made me feel like I'm kind of in a kung fu flick and I'm a, I love kung fu movies, you know? So like, you got that going on and you got street vendors and like, you know, it's a high, you know, you know, China's highly populated, right? It's a very dense population concentration throughout, you know, all their cities, especially Hong Kong. So everything's like, small alleys, small streets, and everybody on top of each other, and, like, street vendors on either side of the street, you know, as they elbow to elbow with all the crowds. It's crazy, man. You gotta, you gotta try it out. Um, and this is the definitive edition that you get of Sleeping Dogs, not the last-gen version. It, it, it looks good. It looks good. You know, I'm not gonna be super stunning compared to, like, you know, the new stuff they released this year, but it's 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 a good game. It's one that, dare I say, I slept on. <laughs> Cause I don't really play, I don't get, I don't get around to playing single player games, but I, I actually do want to come back to this. And it's also, Sleeping Dogs is actually part of the Gaming History 101 Game Club this month, for the month of December. So if you play that, you can join the show, I think, at the, I don't know when they're gonna follow up, maybe in early January or towards the end of the month. They'll, uh, I'll have their show dedicated to the, the Sleeping Dogs Game Club. So we can all play through it together and then share our experiences. And uh, I believe you want to contact Game History with your experience of the game. They're also doing the Game Boy Top 10 list. Um, look at their retro show. Why not? Uh, send that over to contact at GamingHistory101.com, if I'm not mistaken. Could be wrong. Or just go to AllGames.com and all the information there. Uh, okay. Video game, the, actually, game, the game awards, they didn't even call them video game awards, the game awards, 2016, just went down this past Thursday, people call him the Keeleys, cause you know, Jeff Keeley, he's pretty much the man behind the plan, um, they, they were on YouTube this year instead of Spike, um, and it, it didn't seem like a lot of people we knew really cared, but it's still relevant, right? What do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, 
the last few years, they've had huge co-hosts. So, I mean, you had, like, Sam Jackson was hosting the Video Game Awards one year, and they've had things kind of like that. And I don't even remember it really being promoted that hard this year, which is, I believe, the whole reason I missed it. The only thing I knew about the Video Game Awards is that uh, Call of Duty got zero nomination because that was a huge thing kind of going around Twitter. You know, when a game like Call of Duty doesn't get nominated for a single video game award, it should be a wake-up call to Infinity Award. Like, I don't know who hosted. Um, I knew that YouTube has kind of streamed the VGAs previous to this, but it was on, like, like, Spike TV, and it was getting that national kind of exposure, and now it's not. So I don't know how I uh, how I feel about this. Yeah, those are all good points, too. And to speak to the Call of Duty thing, as much as I kind of poop on Call of Duty, I realize it's still relevant and it's good to have competition. It still has a place, obviously. And I hear from multiple people that the campaign is amazing, like just surprisingly good. And I always felt like the non-Black Ops campaigns have always been strong, in my opinion. I've always enjoyed those. I never really got into the Black Ops campaigns. Uh, I did beat Black Ops 1. Black Ops 2, I started it and mainly just watched my son play through it. And it was okay. But I feel like between, you know, the Modern Warfare campaign and now Infinite Warfare, I know the different game studios, so don't come down, don't go down my, my throat or anything. Like, you know, don't, don't ring my neck. But, you know, those campaigns have always been strong. And everybody's saying, wow, this campaign was so good. I wish it was longer. So that's, that's, that's strong. So I feel like, um, the game awards, are kind of unfair because some of the categories are very exclusive. Like there's a best narrative cam, uh, best narrative category. But why isn't there just a best single player experience? Because you can have a great single player experience without a really strong narrative, just because it's fun. What's wrong with that? And so I feel like there's still some need for growth and diversity in the gaming industry, and it's definitely reflecting these awards. But we're going to get to them. Actually, let's jump right in. Uh, one of the things that stood out for me right off the bat was Rocket League. They revealed a new map, Starbase Arc. So you should be excited about that. How long? Uh, I didn't see it, but I am pretty hyped that that is going to be a new map, and I can't wait for this Season 4 championship greats to come. Well, let's see they're going to have uh, new ways to play. Uh, of course, you're going to have the low-gravity mode and all this crazy stuff. That Starbase Arc map looks pretty cool. Or not map, arena. That's what they call them. It looks pretty cool, man. Uh, Lawbreakers is now c- going to open beta. So there was that. There was a bunch of other trailers. Uh, let me try to see. Like, they, re- they uh, showed the trailer for Shovel Knight, the Shovel Knight prequel, Spectre of Torment. Uh, ooh, Halo Wars Definitive Edition will be free for owners of Halo Wars 2 Ultimate Edition. Hmm, I'm actually excited about that because I think this, the Halo Wars, uh, it's funny, Halo originally started as an RTS, ended up becoming a shooter, and now they're going back to the RTS stuff. I like Halo Wars a lot, actually. Um, they showed a uh, gameplay footage of Mass Effect Andromeda, so hyped for that. Um, there's a lot of trailers. Uh, actually, the new Dead, was it Death Stranding trailer they showed? That was amazing. I was actually really impressed. I mean, it doesn't really impact me because I'm not a Sony guy, but, uh, I'll definitely watch someone play it. <laughs> and it's in 4K, so, ooh, ultra detailed. 
Um, speaking of Death Stranding, Hideo Kojima won the uh, first award, I believe, in the show, the Industry Icon Award. I think he got a little choked up because uh, Jeff Keighley was like really singing high praises of him. He's like, hey, this guy went through a really hard time in his life. Uh, and and it, for others, it would have been the end of their career, but he stayed strong and he turned it around and... You know, I mean, he just like did a whole speech. I mean, it was crazy. He he must really like the guy. And uh, then uh, Kojima went up, said a few words, and then what little English he could speak. <laughs> kind of actually, I mean, kinda, kinda, he actually kind of came off like he was shy. But uh, yeah. Hideo Kojima is probably one of the biggest ones. Like, I think if anyone deserves the Icon Award, he's definitely the one. His work in Metal Gear Solid yep. was phenomenal. Um, it's unfortunate that they cut short his Silent Hill that was supposed to have, um, Norman Reedus in it. That would have been great to see, but that breaks they my cut heart. that short and that was yeah. kind of sad. That breaks my heart. I, I was really hyped for that. But, uh, which, you know, now that you say that, I really need to go back to Silent Hill Downpour because I actually enjoyed that game. I hope that goes on backwards compatibility. That'd be so convenient. But I'll fire up my 360. My 360 is actually still connected. But yeah, I agree. Kojima is very, very deserving of it. You know, because uh, not just Metal Gear, the Silent Hill games and other projects he's been involved on. But now that he has the freedom, he's freed from the shackles of Konami, who used to be a juggernaut of the game industry and now is making pachinko machines and fitness machines or whatever. Really cool story. Um, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. But hopefully... He could free himself of Sony. I'd like him to be a multi-platform developer, uh, Kojima Studios everywhere. Then I can really be excited about it and support him. But either way, he, he, there's no denying that he's a huge player in the industry. You know, up there with Keiji Inafune and Shigeru Miyamoto, all those main brands we've come to know over the past few decades. Um, alright, what else do we have? So then, next up they had Best Art Direction. Uh, Overwatch and Uncharted 4 were in the mix. And notice it says art direction, not best graphics. I like the category. It's very carefully thought out. Who do you think won without looking at the show notes? And for best it? art direction? Yeah. Just uh, the first thing that comes to your mind. All right, so you got nothing. I think because this has been a super artistic like year. Like It is. There's been a lot of things that have had really good, like, uh, let's see. When you look at Overwatch overall, they've had a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually really like Gigantic's idea, but I don't know if they're included because they're still considered beta. Well, now they're going open beta, and they got funding, so they're out of their little rut, by the way. Which December... is good, because I, I stalled for the longest time. Yeah, December 8th, it'll be, this Thursday, it'll be open to all on Windows 10 and Xbox, so good stuff there. I'm glad you mentioned that, I almost forgot about that. Good folks over at Multiga, shout out to our friends over there. So yeah, I agree with Overwatch, definitely. But it did not win. The game that won is Inside. Hmm. I, think I, I think I agree with it. Because that game, I enjoyed watching it. And I was almost tempted to buy it myself. But again, I don't really do single player that much. But I hear from multiple people, like, every the way all the elements, the artistic elements come together, you just get lost in that experience. Even though it's very simple at first. I mean, know. what about, like, we also had Unravel. Unravel, um, yeah. Mirror's Edge. Those are gorgeous games. Yep. See, Catalyst, Mirror's Edge Catalyst suffered from re- releasing at a poor time, I think. Because um, it kind of like came out to li- very little fanfare, sadly. Well, I mean, it took them, what, nine, ten years before they released the sequel to Mirror's Edge? 
Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think like that buffer between the, the two releases, like the interest di- kind of died out. But I agree. Um, this is a tough category, but you know, inside one, I think it's deserving. It's nice to see the smaller studios get some love. So that's cool. Now, best action game. Just off the top of your head, what are some of the the nominees you would think of? Uh, let's see. Best action game. See, I wish I knew their criteria, cause like. Well, just who would you nominate for best action game? All right. So, <clears throat> if I had my choices, I'd say you look at maybe Devil May Cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the uh, what is it? Dead Rising Four. Yeah, we had to think about games that released in time for the Game Awards. So they had to release, like, a month before the show started, I think. Alright, so... So obviously Titanfall 2 was up there, Battlefield 1 was up there, those were nominees. Oh, see, I put those in, like, an FPS category, so I wouldn't consider them action titles. If we're including FPS, I mean, yeah, Battlefield, Doom, uh, potentially Counter... No, not really Counter-Strike. Not like action arcade I know that Call of Duty wasn't there because they got no nominations. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'd say Modern Warfare Remastered would have been great there. Yeah. Um, and Overwatch again. So the, the nominees, you got a few of them, were Battlefield 1, Doom, Gears of War 4, Overwatch, and Titanfall 2. Oh, dude, the, I didn't even think about Gears of War 4. The winner might surprise you. Who do you think won? Who would you pick? Four? I'd pick Gears 4. You pick Gears 4? They picked Doom. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is actually really cool. I'm actually really happy with that because that, that game was not on a lot of people's radar unless you, you know, kind of grew up with that franchise. You know, like, like I did. I think you did. Um, I have a lot of fond memories with Doom. One of the first real online games I ever played, LAN parties or over IPX or, you know, call, dialing into a server or peer-to-peer. Like, I did it all. So they did a huge, uh, really good job with this game. I'm glad I got some love. Now, next category, games for impact. I'll, I'll go through this real quick. That Dragon Cancer, 1979 Revolution, Blockhood, Sea Hero Quest, and Orwell. Who do you think won out of that lot? Okay, so I know none of those games. Really? None of them? None of them. Not oh, a single man. one. I'm going to say Orwell? I don't know. Do you know what the Games for Impact category is? Nope. So, you know, it's basically games that, uh, you know, they have some kind of impact outside of entertaining, like educational, uh, they represent a cause, they're no, uh, maybe awareness piece, something like that. So, did you hear the screaming in the background? <laughs> I don't know if it's coming through. But anyway, yeah. That Dragon Cancer one. And the creator, one of the parents, uh, it's, it's based upon the story of their child that they lost to cancer, to the battle with cancer. It's very, it's very tragic. Very high concept game. He started literally crying on the stage. And I really feel for them because they put a lot of heart and soul into this game. Um, that said, I think it's a really bad game. And they handle the community aspect, the PR aspect very poorly. Um, but there was potential there and it's a great cause. So I'm glad they won. I don't know if that was kind of like to throw them a bone because there were some issues, some bad PR experiences, but, uh, you know, stuff happens. No thoughts there? All right. Good talk. <laughs> no 
like I said, I don't know any of the games, so. Yeah, I won't re rehash what the whole thing that happened with that dragon cancer. I mean, all right, it's not a, it's a great experience, but I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like, is it really a game? It's very abstract. You gotta check it out. So at least you're familiar with it. It's worth a look. Uh, best game direction. That's, this is a category that goes for recognizing the game studio for outstanding creative vision, game direction, and design. Would you like to read, uh, are you, are you up to where I'm at in the notes? Yes, I, I can read these. Okay, go for it. So, Blizzard for Overwatch, DICE for Battlefield 1, ID Software for Doom, Naughty Dog for Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, and Respawn for Titanfall 2. Who would you pick? Uh, for outstanding creative vision, game direction, and design. Mm-hmm. I keep saying it, but I'm going with Overwatch. Is that your final answer? That is, that's my final answer. Well, that's who won. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! This is a tough one, because I love Doom, and I don't think it gets enough love. Titanfall 2, I think, is actually kind of underrated as well. Yeah, um, but when I think about this... IDSoft has been doing Doom, so I don't see that as being a new direction for their their company. DICE has been doing Battlefield forever, not a new direction for their company. Naughty Dog has pretty much lived on Uncharted, and Respawn, since they're a relatively younger company, have only really done Titanfall 1 and 2. Blizzard has known for releasing MOBA, MMO, RTS, card game, and then out of nowhere, we're like, here's a shooter. Yeah. Yeah, and this is kind of, this award is kind of best game slash studio. Like, yeah, so it's kind of a loaded category. So, yeah, I agree. Like, overall, Blizzard wins here because they're, they're known for, they have the pedigree uh, of having a lot of quality in their products. Though, I would say ID Software is not far behind. Uh, I'm one of those weird people that actually really liked Rage. Um, See, I, I would have removed Respawn, put in Ubisoft for the division. Mm, yeah. Because that's a new direction for them, kind of that MMO shooter direction. Yeah, and, and then like, I think it would have been a more toss-up. And, and But it's weird, too, because, again, they're kind of picking out one game, but really they're kind of looking at their collective body of work, like you're saying, like their, their track record, in a way. It, it does factor in. So yeah, it's it's a tricky one, but I think Blizzard is definitely is deserving. But it's not as it's not as much of a dominating win, um, because I'm a big fan of Doom and Titanfall too, and overall what ID Software and Respawn are doing. And I mean, Respawn, even though it's a new newer studio, the core of that company is basically Infinite Infinity Ward. So they're no newbies, right? <laughs> but do you count their work? Hmm, well, that's tricky, right? Because it's a branding thing. Uh, next thing. They're, they're not technically Infinity Ward. They were the guys who left. Yeah, but like the heart, like the core team, like the real studs of Infinity Ward, let's be honest. Vincent they were like Pella alone. two of the biggest names at the time. Yeah. I mean, you could plot the departure of those big players and the decline of the Call of Duty sales and overall popularity. And I'm pretty sure those those lines would go side side by side, like they'll be almost a one to one ratio. How the, the you know the decline together? Maybe that'd be a fun experiment one day. <laughs> yeah, you you don't buy it, huh? No, no comment. All right, good talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, what are we up to now? Uh, so we did best. We are on best narrative. Oh yeah, for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in the game. Why don't you read the uh, nominee? <clears throat> okay, so Firewatch, Campo Santo, Inside, Play Dead, Mafia Three, Hangar Thirteen slash Two K, Sin Free, Night School Studios. Uncharted for a thief's end. Naughty Dog slash Sony Interactive Entertainment. Well, who do you think should have won? Uh, honestly, it had to be Uncharted. Yeah, are you a fan of the series? Uh, yeah, dude, that's actually really good. It was like to me, it's the new age Tomb Raider, but better because it didn't have all the really rough controls. Um, and it's just a gorgeous game overall, but. The storyline pulls you in. The new uh, Tomb Raiders have you. <laughs> okay, so you've got like the two new Tomb Raiders. Yeah. Now you've got those. Let's go back to the original Tomb Raider, where you can't pick what direction you want to flip without running into a wall, falling into a pit, or dying ungodly horribly. Yeah, but t- the two the tank controls were pretty standard during that time. You know, if you're gonna uh, knock Tomb Raider for that, you might as well knock Resident Evil. I mean, original Re- Resident Evil. Are people gonna say Jill that? Jill Sandwich. Huh? Jill Sandwich. <laughs> Jill, my God. <sighs> but yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I hear you. I, 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 don't, I can't say I agree, but I can appreciate what you're saying. <laughs> so, who do you think should have won for best narrative? I mean, there's games I like that aren't even on the list. From what I've seen. If I had to choose one one of these games, it'd be Mafia because I don't think that game gets enough support. That's more of the story that I I rather experience personally or inside my, myself. I heard good things about Firewatch. I saw it. Um, and see again, this is a tough thing because to me, you can have a great narrative, but if the gameplay isn't exciting enough, then I kind of lose interest in the narrative. So wait, here's the big question for you: mm-hmm. You can choose a game and put it on the list. What game would you put on that list? For best narrative. Hmm. Tough call. I already know mine. Uh, for, uh, from this year, right? And not all the time, because that's too much. <laughs> no, just just this year. I'm pretty sure it was this year. It was either this year or last year for my pick. Well, two games that I put up there that probably most people wouldn't even think about are Gears 4 and Titanfall 2. I was actually really surprised how much I was drawn into that story, especially since they're shooters and usually don't expect the depth. I could definitely see Gears in there, uh, and I haven't even played. I've just heard about the story. Dude, Gears but, 4 was so good, especially the way they ended it, that I wanted more. I was oh. going to say, don't tell me, because no, 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 I no, actually no, no. have it, and I plan on playing it. Hey, yeah, we'll spoil it for you. You do have it on Xbox One, right? Yeah, actually. Um, I've got it on Xbox One, So we because uh... it's really only on Xbox, I think. Well, they got the Windows 10. It's a play anywhere game. Fair enough. So, but yeah. No, we'll uh, have to play it sometime. We'll have to, like, co op the story or something. Yeah, we could do Horde mode, too. That'd be fun. But yeah, that story made me want to go back and play the other gears. I started watching, like, videos that took all the, like, the cutscenes to get and put them t- and splice them together. Like, it really got me back into gears in a big way to the point that I might even say it's the best gears game ever made. That's how much of a impact it had for me. But I mean, that, I'm, I'm, I'm the odd man now, because most people so, will say the first Gears is the best, story-wise. Uh, but So I think if I had to pick one to put on there for best narrative, 
it would have been uh, the beginner's guide. <laughs> that game was so good, and all it really did was tell a story. Like, it was almost completely walked through just storytell, but it was done so well that I've actually replayed it multiple times on Steam. Wasn't Not really know walking, how the story ends. Wasn't it a walking simulator, basically? Kind of. There were a few small things, like... But the story that he tells about, you know, the developer he knew and work he put out, it, was, it, it really draws you in. Alright. Now, best art direction. Try to move through these a little faster. Cause we could talk about these forever. So we had, um, and of course, this is for outstanding creative and technical achievement in artistic design. And wait, didn't we just do the art direction? No, we did game studio direction. Yeah. Okay. So this is our artistic aspect. So we have Abzu by Giant Squid 505, Firewatch by Camposanto, Inside by Playdead, Overwatch by Blizzard, and Uncharted, A Thief's End by Naughty Dog slash Psy. Also, Sony Interactive Entertainment, right? Isn't that what it is? Yeah. Um, inside one. And again, you know, I can see it. I can see it. Do you, do you have a better choice here? Um, <laughs> for best art direction? Yeah. Mm. Mm, not really. Okay. Best, best art direction. A rough category for me to judge. Yeah. It's very subjective, I feel like. The next one's pretty much the same thing. Best music slash sound design for for outstanding audio, inclusive of score, original song, licensed soundtrack, and sound design. We have Battlefield 1 from Dice slash EA, Doom by, from id, Bethesda, uh, Inside from Play Dead, Res Infinite from Enhanced Games, and Thumper from Drool. And the winner is Doom! That music is really good. And the sound engineering, top notch. It really messes with your head, so. Doom has always had best music and soundtrack like that's why the whole not even do music meme started you know <laughs> yep and it's like that metal inspired visceral adrenaline pumping thing definitely best performance awarded this is awarded to an individual for voice acting skill motion and or performance capture we have Alex Hernandez as Lincoln Clay in Mafia 3. Sissy Jones, who was actually on uh, uh, Horribly Awkward Podcast. You check her out. She's, she's really cool. Real doll. Sissy uh, Jones, who's the Delilah in Firewatch. Emily Rose as Elena in Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. Nolan North as Nathan Drake in Uncharted 4, A Thief's, uh, Thief's End. Rich Summer as Henry in Firewatch. And Troy Baker as Sam Drake in Uncharted 4. And, of course, the winner is Nolan North. He's like the juggernaut. That's just the most unfair category ever. Yeah, because Nolan North is, is always going to win. Uh, if, you, if there's given an option and Nolan North is there, the answer is always Nolan North. And he's got such a presence even when he's, like, on stage. He's just got that presence. He's, he's a funny guy, too. So, yeah, Nolan North wins. I, I kind of liken him to Nathan Fillion of voice acting. Or maybe even Will Whedon. He's got that snark and that, pre- and that presence. Something about those guys, you know. But I'm a little partial to them. They're kind of my man crushes. So, <laughs> Best independent game. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, Firewatch. Hyper Light Drifter from Heart Machine. Inside, once again, is there. Uh, Stardew Valley from that's corn- Concerned Ape slash Chucklefish games. Chucklefish, uh, they also do the Starbound and uh, Terraria and some other stuff, I think. And then The Witness from Thelka Incorporated. And Inside takes another award. Man, Inside got a lot of awards. Blows my mind. I really thought Stardew Valley would take that. Yeah, because there was a lot of talk about uh, 
about Stardew Valley? Are people still playing it, you think? A ton of people. Like, yeah. I look on my Steam and people I follow on Twitch, and usually I can still catch a Stardew Valley stream or, you know, three or four people on my friends list playing. But it's died down a little bit, right? No, because I think they just recently got an expansion that let them do more, and people went right back to it. Huh. Now, we got a lot more categories here. We got uh, Best Mobile Handheld Game. Uh, Pokemon Go won that. I don't think we have to even have to talk about that. The Fire Emblem. No, we do. Fates. We do. We do? Okay. Dude, there's a game that isn't on that list that I think deserves to be on that list. All right, so we have... And it bothers Flash. me that it's not. So we have Clash Royale. A lot of people like that. Fire Emblem Fates, another great game. Monster Hunter Generations and Severed. What's the game that's not on the list? list? Tips of War? So there's a MOBA. Oh, don't tell me. Okay, which one is it? It's not League of Angels, uh, is it? What? It's not League of Angels, is it? No. Oh no, it's um it's sitting on my tablet right now. Demons and my Angels? T- no. Fire and something? At the it, it was like the big MOBA that they pushed at E three last year. They even had like a tournament. Oh, hold on. Oh, yeah, I, I can't remember. Well, think about it. I'm going to keep going through these categories while you think about while you look for it. Best VR game. Don't really care about this category, but Res Infinite 1. Whoopie doo. Best action adventure game for the best exper- game experience that combines combat with traversal and puzzle, puzzle solving. Technically, Titanfall 2 should be up there because there's puzzle solving in there, but it wasn't nominated. We have Dishonored 2, Hitman, Hyper Light, Drifter, Ratchet and Clank, Uncharted 4. Okay. I remembered it. Dishonored 2 won. What, 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 what was the game? Vainglory. I don't think I played that one, actually. Vainglory should have been on that list. Probably the best MOBA on mobile. Mazed it didn't make the list. Like, it's so well done. You know, if, if Guardians of Middle Earth was still around and they made that to mobile, that would be the best. Darn you, WB Games, ruining online games. <laughs> anyway, best RPG. Yeah, pretty self-explanatory. They say this is uh the best game is that for rich player character customization and progression, both offline and online, including massively multiplayer. So we have Dark Souls 3, Deus Ex Mankind Divided, The Witcher 3, World of Warcraft, and Xenoblade Chronicles X. And The Witcher 3 took it. Yep, there you go. Witcher 3, you can believe that. And wine. You don't, you can't? No, I can. Oh, okay. Everyone was talking about Witcher 3 for the longest time. Yeah? I think next year we'll see Final Fantasy 15 on that list. Possibly. I'm still seeing mixed reviews, but I like what I've seen so far. Best fighting game. Uh, Killer Instinct Season 3 is in there. King of Fighters uh, 14. Pokemon Tournament. Street Fighter 5. And Street Fighter 5 took it. Best of course, SF5. Yeah, Street Fighter Five is gonna win. I hate to say it, though. I like Killer Instinct more right now, personally. But and also, no mention of Dead or Alive, which is now uh, a thing. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, the free play model. I feel like they haven't done too much innovation. Yeah, that's true. It in this little, one, so you're talking about last round, right, or final round, whatever it is. Yeah, final round. Yeah, it, it feels kind of stale. Like they just rehashed last gen and. It's a little late. They just up the graphics. Yeah, yeah. But there's this potential there. Maybe next year. Best strategy game. So best game focused on real-time or turn-based strategy. Civilization VI, Fire Emblem Fates, The Banner Saga 2, Total War Warhammer, and XCOM 2. This is a really good category, and I like all of these games. But there can only be one, and of course, it's Civ Six. 
I'm actually surprised XCOM 2 didn't win, to be honest. I'm a little surprised. Civ is so huge. Yeah, Civ is huge. But I feel like uh I've heard more people talk about XCOM 2 than Civ, Civ this year. I don't know. But Civ does have a massive audience, so it makes sense. I would have liked XCOM 2 to win. In fact, I I need to go back to the original X, XCOM, beat that, and then X, XCOM 2. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Ever since it was uh, UFO defense. <laughs> I was going to say, define original XCOM, because I have that on three and a half floppies. Yep, yep. That and uh, Tajel's Mercenary, which I wish was still around. Oh, my God. Those early games <laughs> were good. Uh, best family game. That's pretty self-explanatory, so we don't really, really need to describe that, do we? So we got Dragon Quest Builders, Lego Star Wars, The Force Awakens, uh, Pokemon Go, Ratchet and Clank, and Skylanders, Imaginators. And Pokemon Go wins again. Uh, best sports slash racing. I was surprised Rocket League wasn't on this list. They got five, they got FIFA 17, Forza Horizon 3, MLB The Show 16, NBA 2K17, and Pro Evolution Soccer 2017. Forza Horizon Rocket 3 Rocket League's been out for too long, I think. That's true. It didn't come out this year, so the technically doesn't count. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, it did win awards last year, actually. Yeah. But it's, it's already I can't lie, one. though. I'm surprised FIFA didn't win. Yeah, but you know what? Forza Horizon 3, people are really loving it. So, I think this, that was the right call. Mmm, I know. There's a, I've also seen a lot of buzz about NBA 2K. A lot of people are talking about that. I swear, like, every friend I have, like, hey, you got that 2K? And I'm like, which 2K? There's a lot of 2Ks. The old, you know, the 2K. NBA is like, okay, but there's WWE 2K and there's other 2K games. Okay. So now people say 2K, they're talking about NBA. Like, that's the way they've coined it. It's funny. Best multiplayer. You got Battlefield 1, Gears of War 4, Overcooked, Overwatch, Titanfall 2, and my favorite, Rainbow Six Siege. But of course, we know which one won. Overwatch. <laughs> yeah, I would say, in my mind, Siege, then Titanfall 2 and Overwatch are side by side. Um, and then Gears, Gears 4 and Battlefield 1 are side by side. The thing about this is, I feel like multiplayer should be split up into, um, competitive like pvp and pve those should be separate categories because gears 4 has the best cooperative multiplayer but i'm not a big fan of the pvp when compared to these other ones yeah so i I, i've always hated that category because multiplayer for some reason to to everyone usually means pvp and they need to make that distinction and that's why overwatch one um not that it's not it doesn't deserve to be up there but I, i think gears 4 needs some love too that that co-op I mean, I think that's the definitive co-op game right now. Most anticipated game. <laughs> we got God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Mass Effect Andromeda, which I feel should have won, but it didn't. Red Dead Redemption 2. That's a good, uh, good one too. And Legend of Zelda Breath of, Wa- of the Wild. And somehow this game won. Huh. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Not I mean, that's like two, three years of anticipation built up. It's true, but... I saw the gameplay and I was like, meh. And I and I love Zelda, but I, I think I'm finally done. I'm kind of uh sick with the, uh, sick of Nintendo's attitude towards the community and the way they've been handling their PR stuff. Like the fact that they slam YouTubers so much and streamers and eh. And then it's it like, doesn't make fans hate it anymore. Yeah, it's true. Like they have the most loyal fans, man. I gotta give them that. Nintendo, they can have Reggie fils slap a room uh, full of Nintendo fanboys in the face and spit in their face, and they'll still be like, Oh, I love Nintendo! You do that to a Microsoft or Sony fan, they'll, they'll switch sides quickly 
I mean, we already saw that this generation, Microsoft made one or two bad moves and said the wrong thing, and they're like, ah, screw you guys, I'm going to Sony. <laughs> but they're coming back now. The last uh, four or five months, they've been winning in the MPDs. So the Xbox One is, is coming up now again. So the, the last few categories, as we you know, we got to wrap up soon. They had the trending gamer, best fan creation, uh, best esports team, best esports game. Uh, you know, these are all fan fan voted. You, know, you want to go over them real quick or no? Um, I mean, not really. I don't think it's too big of a thing. Optic didn't make best esports team nomination, which blows my mind. Yeah, that's weird. Hungrybox did make it into esports player, which kind of blows my mind. I mean, he's he's good. He's a great Smash player. And, you know, he names Jigglypuff, so that's my dude. <laughs> yeah. Him and Mango, like, yeah. like Daigo didn't see anything. This of course, is, Fakers. This is the that. community voting for this stuff, so that tells you where their head's at. Uh, I do I agree like, with Overwatch Game of the Year. I think that's a good call, though, again... Uh, it's tough because there's a lot of good ones. I I throw Siege in there. <laughs> um, for best esports game, I'm surprised Siege didn't make the cut. Then again, community voted, so we have League of Legends. No surprise there. Dota 2, CS:GO, Overwatch, Street Fighter 5. I forgot what one. I think Ooh, I would uh, guess just looking at that CS:GO. No, Overwatch won. Really? Trending wow. gamer Angry Joe did not win, nor did Lyric. Boogie twenty nine eighty eight. This is how out of it I am. I don't even know who that is. Yay for Boogie. <laughs> you don't know Boogie? Nope. Dude, Boogie's like the ultimate nerd gamer guy. Like, he does Magic the Gathering stuff. He does all sorts of video game things. Like, Boogie's pretty awesome. You should definitely check him out. Hey, look, if you're not part of the All Games or uh, Geeky Answers family, then I can't roll with you. <laughs> I don't have time for you. Sorry. Wow, that's cold-blooded. I know. I gotta be. I don't have. Look, you know how many guys we have in our team. I gotta throw my support behind them. So I don't really go to these third parties that much, to be honest. I gotta be honest, man. I support you when you stream. We're gonna Freya, you know, Obi the few times he streams. But you know, you do got me sold on this buggy guy. He sounds cool. Just it's not enough time in a day, man. But it's not like he got a good shtick. So I get it. Uh, who do you have? Cloud9 won eSport, best eSports team. And the best fan creation is Enderreal, the Shards of Order. I must be really out of touch because no clue what that is. <laughs> I'm surprised uh, Brutal Doom 64 didn't win. Hmm? Or Pokemon Uranus, I mean Uranium. <laughs> Everyone's on that sun and moon kick now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got some good, uh, some good love, but I mean, I don't think Pokemon games ever come out to very little fanfare, do they? Like, they always get a good reception. I, I feel like I killed the tone by not giving Boogie props. <laughs> You're like, man. I'm like, look, guys, I want to be clear. I like to support everyone, but when you have to make a choice, you only have so much time. Of course, I'm going to support the people that are part of our team and that are supporting other people on our team. You know, so like people talk about all these other guys, I'm like, I don't know them because I don't have time for them. <laughs> not to be mean. I'm not saying they're not relevant. It's just, I only have so much time. I, I run the pod, the network. We got podcasts, we got videos, we got the stream team. People like literally hundreds of applications a week for that, for our, just for our stream team. It's a lot to keep up with. So when I check out people, it's usually people that are involved with us, you know. Like right now I got, like 30 tabs open of different chats. And if someone goes live, I'm straight in their channel supporting them. My brain only goes so far. Plus all the TV, man, and all the, and all the seized play. Who got time for that? Do you got time for that? <laughs> I don't. 
Anyway. Kind of. <laughs> like I, I watched the thing where Casey Neistat said he was done vlogging. Um, of course, like I said, obviously I watched Boogie. I watched JSE. I still support our guys, too. But, I mean, I, I like to see what the other guys are doing and try to network as best I can. Yeah, yeah. Like, that part I do. Like, I'll, I'll look around and make connections and stuff. But I've seen, like, routinely supporting them. I, it's just it's not feasible. Uh, but, yeah, it's important to see what everyone else is doing, too. And, you know, I love everybody that's in, you know, in our space. But, realistically, it's, like, to say wholeheartedly supporting them, like, there's only a few people that I regularly keep up with. And it's the people that I know give back to the community and are willing to collaborate. You know, that's why my headspace is at, you know. I'm looking at those long-term relationships, not just, uh, oh, thanks for the follow. Now I'm going to ignore you. <laughs> like, I'm done with that. Hmm. Now that we got that out of there. There's a lot of, oh, yeah, that PlayStation experience is on right now. Everybody's like, Xbox done. Stop it. Stop. Stop. Just stop. But anyway, now that I killed the mood, let's end the show here. You got anything to plug before yeah. we end? Is it that the idea and on a down note? Oh, no, wait. <laughs> uh, let's see, things to plug. So, I've been streaming more. Find yeah. me at twitch.tv slash tseblades. And I've got some pretty big streams coming up. Um, I'm thinking about doing like a full couple days of dedicated single player games just to rotate some stuff on my hard drives. Mm-hmm. And of course, Twitter at tseblades. Been doing that a lot. And hopefully uh, we'll, maybe uh, being an Instagram, not sure. In the air. Oh, I don't think I followed you on Instagram. That's the one thing, one thing we're not connected on. And we're probably gonna uh, yeah, like, just hopefully, created. We're hopefully gonna do some Retro Friday stuff together for the hopefully future. not just one, we'll um, multiple ones. This, uh, beginning of the year, I'd like to get a lot of that going. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that. I'm Yogizilla everywhere. So I'm easy to find. Uh, but I do, uh, you know, invite you all to follow us and our all like geeky antic stuff. Just Google us, you'll find us. And check out our All Games family, allgames.com. And, uh, lots of great shows. And that's, that's, that's where I spend a lot of my time, just listening to all the podcasts on there and supporting that. Cause again, like, you know, they, they show love back and that's what, this is so much great content. I wish I could support everyone. Like, I really do. Like, it's, I guess some people say, check out my channel. Oh, follow me. Hey, I'm doing a giveaway. And it's like, yeah, but like, it's hard. I can't, I can't be everywhere. I can't, I got a family, you know, like a real family. And then I got the virtual family and I love you all. But you know, maybe one day I'll multiply myself. I'll clone myself and then I could be there for everyone. I'm, 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 you know, we're, we're all working on that, getting better at that. Cause again, it's only so much time in a day. But on that note, thanks for tuning in. Oh, wait. Yeah. I have one more shout out. Okay. TSC? Top Star Esports. Let's yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I'm like, yeah, so you haven't done the T- TSC thing. Well, actually, I, I do want to throw one more shout out out just on a side note. It's right. a homie of mine I used to play a lot of video games with, and he's been doing a bunch of stuff like in the GFX world. It's my boy, uh, Marco H Designs. I know, like, we just recently reconnected talking and hanging out. And so big shout out to him. If you guys ever need GFX work, go check him out. He does amazing stuff. Mm. You should get him to be part of our referral directory so we can send him business his way. Yes. He can't stand that. that could be cool. Slash services. We have a referral directory beyond the people listed there. If you're part of, if you're officially part of our community, you're plugged in. When we get contracts and we need people to outsource stuff to, guess what? You get priority access. So. We have a marketplace for that too. So we can send you some monies. Yeah. See? 
We're trying to keep every, everything covered, everybody plugged in. But anyway, oh, I'm going long on all games, so let me get off of here. And see everybody else next time. Peace. Peace. We thank you. We thank you for every crumb, biscuit, and cake you bring to the table. Because Doctor Who belongs to all of us. What you bring to the timey-wimey tea time in your live chat participation, comments, likes, shares, tweets, and voicemail, all of it means the world to us. Love, true love, never fails. Do you like it? If you like what we're doing, well, tell us for God's sake. Shout it from the rooftops at geekyantics.net or call it in. 206-415-4987 That's 206-415-4987 That's it. Bless you. So long. And thanks for all the fish. But on, it won't be that long. Just a wee while. Because the timey-wimey tea time will be back. We'll return next Saturday with fresh insights, questions and epiphanies about Doctor Who. And heck yes, everything geek. Maybe same bat time. Absolutely the same bat channel every Saturday. Tiny Whiny Tea Time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.